The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSAN, the sports betting network. Live Bet Saturday presented by BetMGM. All right, things are happening. It's moving, it's grooving, it's shaking. So Jeff Parles is over at the Mandalay Bay. Uh, so I mentioned at the uh, the top of the show, Jeff, right, we were talking about this Nuggets 76ers game. And I was like, hey, you know, the non-scientific, non-data-based angle here is the FU angle for Joel Embiid, right? He feels like he has been slighted because he has not won any of these MVP awards. Maybe looking at a points and rebounds over for Joel Embiid is something worth looking at. Oh, it was. Through three quarters of play, Joel Embiid has 35 points, 17 rebounds, four assists, and three steals. He is 13 of 23 from the floor, and the Sixers have cut this thing to a three-point game at the start of the final quarter of play. I I feel like that's an FU game. Did you uh, end up taking the Sixers at all in-game, John? Uh, No, because I, I quote, wanted to see more from the Philadelphia 76ers. And uh, I did, but then it was too late to pull the trigger, and now it's a a three-point game. So uh, we will just sit here and watch 76ers right now, Jeff, in the midst of a 14-0 run over the last 3.09. So uh, that ends, by the way, as I mentioned it, as Jamal Murray hits a three to make it 102.98. But I got to tell you, man, like as we talked about, right, high total on the game, tight point spread, these things ebb and flow. No lead is ever freaking safe in this league. And sure enough, just like that, a 14 to nothing run out of nowhere gets Philly right back into this thing. It's, it's insane. On a night-to-night basis, it is wild. By the way, uh, some quick NBA news. Miles Turner finally gets an extension, but it's a short-term extension, John. Uh, two-year, $60 million extension for Turner. So uh, one of the better surprises of the year, Indiana, uh, at least gets to keep their guy and then, uh, John, it ends, uh, it ends some trade rumors uh, that uh, yep. were floating in la-la land with the Pacers and the uh, Lakers, I would say. Yeah, there was still that Buddy Heald. I mean, I guess Buddy Heald could still be moved, right? So, like, maybe, yeah. yeah. But, like, to your point, right, there's, there's not a move that is out there that is going to make the Lakers a contender. Like that, I think we're kind of done on this year of, hey, you know, we're going to look at Los Angeles. No, I think we're done. Like any move that is being made is not going to push them past the Nuggets and Grizzlies and I'll say the Clippers, right, who just smoked them the other night. I, like there's nothing that's being done here for the Lakers that is going to push them past that stratosphere of teams, I, even in the West, let alone some of these teams in the Eastern Conference, if they were to even pray to make it that far, you know? I don't think they're making the finals, John. <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah. I think that's I think I think that's a pretty safe bet at this point, right? Uh, I would say so. I would say so. Uh, it, now the real sweat is so before the season started. I have to double check what I got. But I think it was 
I've got like a yes to miss the playoffs. It was like just over 2-1. to one. It was like plus 210. Like the market really liked this Lakers team coming into the year. And shockingly enough, um, they are not as good as the market thought. So uh, the brand is very powerful for the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, all right. So we are looking around. Uh, we're about to approach halftime here. Mississippi State and TCU, 31-25. You know, I think you said you were in trouble here. I, like, you're not dead. What's the number you got? It's a six-point game at the break. Yeah, no, I look, uh, I, there have been some nice little turnarounds to happen over the last few minutes. Uh, TCU, uh, a, a run there at the end of the half that was that was helped out by a, by a ridiculous foul by Mississippi State that they called a clear path foul, so got an extra point out of that. But, hey, look, they're in the game, and, uh, and in Baylor, uh, John, uh, I, I'm no mathematician, but going one of your last 17 from the field is not good. Hmm. And that's what Baylor did to conclude the half. So Arkansas went from down nine to up six at the break because Baylor just totally forgot how to play offense. So uh, a really, really nice close to the half for uh, Arkansas. With that said, John, if you are fresh to this game, I would only bet Baylor in the second half because Arkansas shot 58% and Baylor shot 24%. That probably won't hold up the rest of the way. And if you're getting, a, a, I don't know, getting any sort of points with Baylor, it's probably not a bad look here because they're not going to – you would assume they won't mm -hmm. be as brutal offensively as they were in the first half. But, hey, we didn't think Oklahoma was going to shoot over 60%, and they did. So I mentioned there's a couple of West Coast Conference games I wanted to throw at you. Mm -hmm. um, the, the one that I specifically alluded to, Portland, is going to be taking on Gonzaga. They get to play host. The Pilots do. And I mentioned, too, like Portland's kind of one of my guilty pleasures because I, I think they're a well-coached team, right? They're not an overly talented team, especially at the beginning of the year where we saw them in some neutral, spot, uh, some neutral side spots. Uh, they were, I think, a pleasant surprise for a lot of people. And in conference play, they have shown some grit and some fight and some matchups, right, especially at home. Got a win over San Francisco at home about, what, a week and a half ago or so. San Diego and Pepperdine fell when they went to Portland, too. So in West Coast Conference play, uh, Portland has been a pretty solid team, especially when they are at home. However, you're taking on Gonzaga. The reason why I wanted to bring this game up is it's twofold. Jeff, one, obviously the home angle for Portland. The other is Gonzaga's a good team, but, like, we're still seeing this when it comes to the betting return here on the Zags. They are not the team that the market thinks that they are, especially from an ATS standpoint, one of the worst in the country at 6-14 and 14 against the spread. They have covered just one out of the last five again coming into this. Now, that one, they played host to Portland. They beat the crap out of the Pilots. Is 13 too much here for Gonzaga? Because you even look at some of these projections that people respect. A lot of these projections have this as like a 10-point win for the Zags. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not touching this game on a side. John, I know it's a 165. I know that's a wildly high college basketball total. That total is not high enough. <laughs> that, total, that, total, that total is not high enough because we are dealing with two teams that play really fast. Yep. And Gonzaga is mediocre especially by what they've been throwing out in recent years. Defensively, they're 92nd in Ken Palm. Portland is genuinely awful on defense. They're 269th on defense. When these teams last played, Gonzaga put a buck 15 on them. This game is play being played in with, I, th I think Portland's going to get in the 80s in this game. Uh, so I guess that kind of makes me like Portland plus the 13 if I think Portland's getting in the 80s. But uh, look, I, I think this is, we're looking at a, at a mid to high 70 possession game, and he got a lot of outs with a 165 even. If you've got a game played at 77, 78 possessions, I like this over 165. I know that's ridiculously high, but you got the right recipe of mediocre defenses, good offenses, and a ridiculous pace. Yeah, uh, in conference play against West Coast Conference opponents, Portland has a defensive rating of 122.1. That is... Uh, it's not good for anybody who's wondering. That's <laughs> a terrible defensive rating. You don't want a high number on defense. Um, and also, I thought it's crazy. Like, the West Coast Conference is kind of, like, turned into, like, actually kind of a – just I will call it, like, a fast conference. Like, they're yep. sixth in tempo in conference play. They're still averaging over 70 possessions a game. Like, the, these are a lot of teams that like to get up and down the floor. But this is, like, one of those low-key fun matchups a little bit later today. It's an earlier tip for a West Coast Conference game. I think we're talking about, like, 4 or 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific time, but that's going to be an interesting matchup. The other that I want to get your thoughts on, uh, as St. Mary's has just been climbing up the national rankings and climbing up the uh, Ken Palm rankings, really the seventh best team in the country. 
according to Ken Palm, the St. Mary's Gales. They will play host to, or excuse me, they're going to go on the road, misspoke, against BYU. Uh, what do you make of St. Mary's here now, laying six and a half on the road, total of 129 and a half? This has not been a BYU team that has been overtly impre- impressive either. Uh, their defense, and this is why I want to bring this up, Jeff, because defensively, I think BYU can hang here. They've been great. Their offense has just been absolutely abysmal, though, especially since they've gotten into conference play. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting one because St. Mary's, as we know, John, always plays slow. They're 352nd in pace. John, there are now 363 teams in college (laughs) basketball. So they're bottom 11 in pace. So, I look, I, it's just one of these games where BYU's offense, which, as you mentioned, has been brutal this year, and they play in the top 40 pace. They play fast. Uh, I, I just wonder if they're able to at least stay in this game offensively and able to make enough shots against a top three defense in St. Mary's. St. Mary's will score. Even though, again, 36, that's good. It's not elite, but it's good. It's in the top 10%. Uh, but it, it's one of those where just I'm not betting this game. I looked at BYU. I just couldn't quite get there because I think they are going to have problems scoring in this game. Yeah, I, this is. I want to watch this for many reasons. I want to put myself through it uh, for the most part because it's going to be one of those like teeth pulling, terrible game uh, to watch from a, a, an exciting standpoint. But I'm just really interested because we generally see the market move on some of these squads. But this has been stuck at six and a half since the overnight. Um, so really no rush to support either side here. There's a six popping up out there in a couple of spots, but six and a half for the most part painted as we haven't really seen much of a budge from a side perspective here. So West Coast Conference covered. Uh, wanted to throw a couple more games that you can get your thoughts at all. Sure. You had them as we go a little bit later into the slate. Uh, first off, I want to go back to the Mountain West because this Colorado State team has been, uh, I think, I'll call them an enigma. Jeff is somebody who watches um, Mountain West basketball quite a bit. Colorado State has one of the best guards in the country. Like, uh, uh, when you look at Isaiah Stevens, he's been freaking awesome for Colorado State this year. And he is ranking among some of the best in the country, especially when it comes to assists. Eighth best uh, guard in terms of individual assist rate, Isaiah Stevens in Colorado State here. But they get Boise State, a team that is a lot better than expected. But what I bring this up is you talk about spots and situations. The run that this Colorado State team has had to endure recently, they had three straight overtime games. Then they went to Wyoming and lost a one-possession game. It was 58-57. Now they go for their second consecutive home game and third in four against a really talented Boise State team. When you talk about spots and situations, I feel like this is a poor one. But having said that, this is an overnight of 10. I thought the market was kind of a little high here on the Boise State Broncos, even given everything I just set up here for the, for the Rams. Yeah, I think the market is a little high, but I think the Rams are going to struggle to score in this game. You're dealing with a top-10 defense on the Boise yep. side. Uh, and again, look, I, Boise's one of the bigger surprises because – and look, you can't judge on games before Thanksgiving. Uh, they were dreadful in that game against Charlotte to go to one and two. They lost at home to South Dakota State, who's at the Jackrabbits have ended up being a disappointment this year. Uh, they beat Wazoo, who's the Charlotte is like, oh, all right. Uh, maybe I was a little too high on this team going into the year, and they've ended up actually getting close to where I had them preseason. Uh, look, n- nothing wrong with losing to Santa Clara, who's a legitimately good team. Yep. Nothing lo- wrong with losing my two in Reno. Nothing wrong with losing it overtime in in Albuquerque to New Mexico last week. Uh, I-, I actually kind of like this game under, John. I kind of like under 138. Uh, I think this is going to be a little more grinded out than we would like to imagine uh, so I, I kind of like this game under. No sign on the play, but again, it is a, a very hard spot for the Rams here. Leon Rice, a tremendous coach, always does it well. His lead guard, Marcus Shaver, a transfer from Portland from three years ago. It's all full circle here on Live Bet Saturday. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans, and yet, There's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for a betting edge on football's big game, VSEN experts got you covered. You can become a VSEN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of only $9.99. VSEN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VSEN show hosts and guests. You get tools like our betting splits, deep dive betting reports, VSEN betting guides for the biggest games of the season, where our experts break down brackets, best bets, and all the big game props and more. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. VEASAN.com slash subscribe, only $9.99, VSIN.com slash subscribe. And as a sweetener, you get that today, and I will send you Jeff Parle's personal phone number. How about that? What do you think, Jeff? You sign up for that? You in? Uh, no, no. We'll send him a – you can say it's mine, but it'll actually be our audio guy, Sean McCollum. I was going to say, you want to do that? So we'll go. say it's yours, but we'll give him, like, Greg Peterson's number or something like that. <laughs> I think that'll be, that'll be good. Uh, okay. So, uh, real quick update. Uh, so, Holman and Ryder still at the top of this leaderboard at 11 under par. Uh, we did just watch uh, Colin Morikawa just barely miss a putt for par. It's probably about like a 6- to 10-foot putt somewhere in that range. Uh, burned the edge. So, this is a drop stroke for Morikawa. We, are, we still got plenty of golf left to be played here. Uh, but this is going to come down to the wire over the Farmers Insurance Open. Also wanted to update the NBA game uh, because we have a good one on our hands, and the comeback has been completed. Not completed because the game's not over, but uh, 76ers. How about this, Jeff? A team that had trailed pretty big here at the break now lead 115-110 to 110 with 436 left to go in the fourth quarter. This has been quite the comeback. You know, it's a regular thing in the NBA, but trailing 73-58 to 58 at the break, the Philadelphia 76ers had a 38-point third quarter to come storming back and have outscored Denver so far 19-11 to 11 in the fourth quarter of play here. So a massive matchup, and Philadelphia has taken the lead, and Joel Embiid working on quite the contest. 44 points, 18 rebounds, 17-27 from the floor to go with four assists, three steals, and a block. And I'm, I'll just say this right now. We were talking about MVP. Nothing is ever certain, right? We're not even at the all-star break yet. And Jokic has been incredible. But these are the kind of games, Jeff, that get the market and the voters and the narrative to start swinging in one direction. And if it was going to swing in a direction, it would be in a head-to-head matchup in which Nikola Jokic has been outperformed by Joel Embiid by a mile on a national stage by a guy who many considered or was, right, the runner-up in each of the last three or two MVPs. I don't think that Jokic is going to lose this by any stretch, but just watch the odds market after a game like this. You're going to see a shift. Well, you definitely see a shift. And I look, there are a lot of narratives at play now where you have yep. Embiid somehow is not named an all-star starter in the, in the Eastern Conference, which, again, look at the field he's going up against. you got a lot of great players in the front court in the Eastern Conference now. But you have that. Now you have this where – he has looked significantly better than Jokic, in the, especially in the second half, where Embiid has just turned it on to a, an extra level. Yeah, look, and again, John, uh, narratives matter. And, again, we won't really know until we see the straw poll come out uh, in a little bit, but uh, it, it's very impressive. And we could see Embiid shorten uh, probably by about a, do- a dollar and a quarter to, uh, tomorrow morning after this one, John. 
It's probably um, fair. Yeah, I think so. And, and like, it's, it's pretty fascinating because he's been great. And as I mentioned with you earlier, so my whole point, too, when I brought up Kevin Durant, like, yeah, I do have a ticket on Durant. But I, I think my whole point there, Jeff, was like, we have this thing where we eliminate guys, right? Like, oh, he's injured. He can't do it. When in reality, like, the game's missed between these dudes, especially, like, Jokic has been banged up. He's had calf issues. Like, he's missed some time. Like, there's not this massive gap in terms of availability. And if the 76ers, who are just right there in the top three of the Eastern Conference, finish second in the East and Embiid's doing what he's doing right now, like, it's just – I would just don't put a fork in it yet. That's all I'll say. We've seen massive comebacks in terms of these markets. I think, remember, it was the Giannis Harden year, and I think Harden at one point was minus 500 to an MVP that year, if I remember that price correctly, and ended up not winning it. And Giannis ended up winning it that year. So odds are generally just a sense of the market and the narrative and the liability. So uh, I'm really interested in this and what this means because I'll also say this. If you go back to last year, um, and Bede had, I think it was a 50-point game against Orlando. He was like 30-1 to 1 entering that week. And it was like his 10th or like 11th or 12th consecutive game of scoring 30 and 15. Whatever, whatever would get ridiculous run he was on. But he had an insane game against Orlando. And just that game alone, he went from 30-1 to 1 to like 7-1. to 1. So these games matter. It's going to be really interesting to see how we move forward, what it means. But 76ers, uh, who are again down by nearly 20 at halftime, might even cover the number here pre-flop of three against the Denver Nuggets with a total of 232 that is uh, well on its way to going over. All right, I will, uh, I'll throw it to you. Give us some updates on uh, what you're sweating out here because Arkansas looks like has taken the lead here on the road against Baylor, and TCU is just getting started here in the second half against Mississippi State. Yeah, TCU just underway second half, down six. Uh, again, doesn't look like uh, – I don't, I don't expect to see Miles again in the second half, and if we do uh, – then, uh, then I feel a lot better about it, even if he's not 100%. Again, the, the concern with the Arkansas-Baylor game is Arkansas was only up eight at halftime, or excuse me, six at halftime, and a half where Baylor missed 17 of our last 18 shot attempts at a half. So that's a little more tenuous right now. And then one I we didn't mention because it kind of snuck into this 5 o'clock Eastern window, I did lay two with Clemson, which a little bit surprised that the market liked far, has liked Florida State as much as they have over the last few weeks. 14-2 uh, start for Clemson right now, so I feel pretty good about that, even though on the road in Tallahassee. I mean, John, Florida State is terrible. I don't care that they went on the road and pounded Notre Dame uh, a, a week ago. I don't care that uh, they went on the road and beat Pitt. They flipped around and got destroyed by Miami earlier this week. They showed us who they really are. So it's a little surprised that Clemson went from four to two from the overnight to where this thing closed. And so far, the market, uh, so far, not looking right. It is 16 to two Clemson, six and a half minutes into the game in, uh, in Tallahassee right now. So our, our time has come to a close. So I, I do want to hit on some football with you because I haven't gotten to talk Please. to you about what's going to happen in conference championship weekend. But I'm going to ask you. Um, would you like a little bit of breaking news in the world of football? It's pretty big. Go ahead. Xavier Carter, former four-star linebacker, has transferred from LSU to UNLV. All right, Jeff, break it down. Let's go. What does it mean for the Rebels to get Xavier Carter here uh, in the transfer portal? It does look like Barry Odom's building a defensive monster. Well, hey, look, uh, <laughs> John, again, John, remember uh, Ben Wilson and I both covered the Barry Odom era, one point right. or another in Columbia. So we know what we're getting out here at, at UNLV with Barry Odom, where, again, uh, tenure at Mizzou did not end well, didn't really start well either. I mean, he had Josh Heupel as his offensive coordinator and Drew Locke as his quarterback, and still his best season was 8-4. and four. But, hey, look, on a, in a smaller conference, maybe Odom will do a little bit better. But, hey, it's a start, right, John? Right, that's right. So it's all turning around here for, uh, for the Rebels. Not the running Rebels. That's the basketball team, okay, everybody? Let's just get that one straight. All right, let's talk uh, football. We'll, we won't fit both in here, uh, but I'm really curious. You know, everybody's been talking about it, so let's start with the big matchup. Kansas City, Cincinnati, the narrative around it. What would you make of the, uh, the market and what, is, uh, what has been going on here in the Zepp Reuter film of what I think is a body double of Patrick Mahomes jogging out on the field during practice? It's clearly not Patrick. Um, I think we can all agree on that. It's actually probably a clone of some sort that we saw jump off the podium as well. Chiefs are a one-and-a-half-point favorite, total of 47-and-a-half. All right, so look, I mean, I thought Cincinnati has been the most complete team for a while now in the AFC. And now you add in a Mahomes injury where, again, who knows, maybe he ends up being healthy here, John, or healthier than we think. 
or even if he's just healthier than he looked last Saturday in that win against Jacksonville. It's a whole different handicap. But look, I, I was really hopeful I was going to get Cincinnati getting a whole field goal. That will not happen. No chance. I think the peak here is probably two and a half. And even if we get there, that's a little bit surprising. But now that they're getting a point and now that they're not a favorite, I like Cincinnati in the game tomorrow. I think even though, again, a lot of people are saying, with, hey, the Burrowhead nonsense could be motivating <laughs> to uh, Kansas City. Uh, I don't really buy that as much. You're dealing I, with, again, I think you're dealing with two teams that are a lot closer to each other. And look, the market got last week with Buffalo wrong. They got Buffalo wrong the whole year. Buffalo's power rated number one the whole year long. Uh, it was pretty apparent to me especially post-Josh Allen injury and definitely post-Von Miller injury, that they were closer to number five than number one. And they, look, the market just got last week wrong, and it was obvious early. And hopefully if you didn't have Cincinnati pre-flop, he got an in-game and made a profit on that game. But look, I, I like the Bengals. I think they're going to win the game. And I think, John, uh, we are setting up here where Mahomes kind of plays the role of Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, and Joe Burrow plays the role of Tom Brady. Uh, moving forward in this AFC. Yeah, so I uh, we'll have more on this as we go like when we come back too. But so I've got a future position on the Bengals. So I'm just kind of sitting back here because I put something in on Kansas City, get a you know to maneuver a little bit. But uh, I agree with everything you're talking about, man. The market has slept on this Bengals team for a while. Uh, I like them a lot. They have of course plenty of depth here offensively and not okay. We won't call them good. Sneaky competent defense for the Cincinnati Bengals. I think that's a really good way to put it, and a defensive line that can really get after it, especially along the edges with a guy like Trey Hendrickson leading the way. Uh, so we'll get more on that. We'll also get the second matchup. We've got a position there, too, that we can discuss in the NFC Championship game and see what's going down as uh, MB essentially just took the dagger and shoved it in the throat of the Denver Nuggets. It is 125-117 after a deep three from Joel Embiid puts him up with 29.2 left to go in the fourth. This is a really good win for a team that I'm telling you, look out. The Eastern Conference doesn't want to see in the Philadelphia 76ers. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSAN, the Sports Betting Network. The FU game pretty much complete here. 47 points, 18 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals, 2 blocks on 18 of 31 shooting, including the dagger, a step-back 3-point shot over the outstretched arms of Nikola Jokic. Symbolic maybe, Jeff Parles. Symbolic maybe as we move along here in the race for MVP. All right, updates across the board really quick before we get back to the National Football League. Um, Birdie for home, or for, excuse me, Birdie for a rider here. So he's back at 12 under par in the Farmers Insurance Open. So we do have some golf drama to keep track of as the day goes along. Um, I believe now we are tied at 12 apiece. Yep, so Max Homa and Sam Ryder at 12 apiece under par. Hideki Matsuyama third alone at 9 under. Keegan Bradley, Sung J.M. at 8 under. And it's been kind of a little bit, it's a little bit of a collapse here for Colin Morikawa, who is now at 7 under with the likes of Jason Day, uh, let's see, Ricky Fowler, John Rahm. So a crowded leaderboard of pretty big names, but at the top right now, it is Max Homa and Sam Ryder with a three-stroke lead over the pack. Uh, with that, game is final. Philadelphia ends up covering as a three-point preflop favorite. How about that? Game goes over the total of 232, uh, but trailing by near 20 at halftime, Nikola Jokic and the uh, Nuggets fall to the Philadelphia 76ers in the first of many games today. It's a really deep slate in the NBA, I should note. Um, I think we got, what, seven or eight games on what they're calling Rivalry Saturday or whatever the hell it is. So really good matchup coming up in a little bit between the Brooklyn Nets and the New York Knicks. That's worth mentioning because that's set to tip off here in a couple of minutes. And it does look like Brooklyn is going to close in this game. We'll call this uh, pick with a total of 222.5. That is what the preflop number is going to be here between Brooklyn and New York. All right. So, as we're looking around the landscape, we were talking about the National Football League, waiting for some more action in some of these matchups. Um, last point on, on two when it comes to the Chiefs and the Bengals. So, I mentioned I have a future, Jeff. The one thing that I did do, there are some spots that offer three-way markets here uh, in terms of, like, the halves. And so, in the first half, I played a small plus price for the Chiefs to win the first half. Uh, one, because I figured the number was going to move. But the other part of it was, if, if Mahomes is going to be limited, I would think – Right, 
you're going to feel the ankle a little bit more in the second half, right? As whatever you're doing kind of wears off as you take a few more hits, as you put some more weight on it and do what you have to do. I think I'd rather, if I'm looking to back Kansas City at some point, it would be first half and not risk whatever might happen in the second half with that ankle. Yeah, I get what you're saying. And remember last year, if it wasn't for total totally butchering the end of the half, Kansas City wins that game last year too and they dominated the first half so yeah I look I, I don't I don't mind that at all again again you have to you have to imagine that there will be some sort of medication <laughs> given to the ankle at halftime as well John so uh but look I I understand that uh to be a little uh, less uh worse for the wear in the first half and the only thing that the only concern that I would have though is Kansas City uh, loves to defer John yeah so if the Bengals, or excuse me, if the Chiefs win the toss, you know Cincinnati's going to get the ball. So what happens if Casey wins a toss, Cincinnati gets it, and uh, and all of a sudden Burrow and company go right down the field, get a touchdown, and you're in a hole already. That would be my my, my biggest concern, in all honesty. Yep. No, that's fair. All right, so let's go to San Francisco, Philadelphia. We were talking to Jimmy Vaccaro earlier. I think Ryder Ortega, he mentioned that three. they're looking for three potentially to appear here at some point at the South Point. Um, and why that matters to, you know, at least out here, South Point does not alter the juice. So if that three pops, it's going to be three minus 110, not like three minus 120, the dog side or whatever it is. So very much worth monitoring. Philly minus two and a half now, total of 46. So I've got side and total here, Jeff. I laid two uh, earlier in the week with the Philadelphia Eagles. Also bet under in this game. Uh, under 46 was what I played it at. It looks like we've got 46 and a half maybe on the board, but it's starting to disappear um, I, I figure, look, when we're looking at this from two perspectives, my thought is, first off, I think Philly's being a little undervalued. Like, I, I like this team a lot the more I have watched them. My only questions going into that New York Giants game was the health of Jalen Hurts. And while he didn't particularly play, like, well, I think he had a PFF passing grade under 70. He looks a little bit healthier. They ran some designed runs for him. That's something that you like to see because some of the quotes coming out of the Week 18 matchup weren't overly positive. And the other side is San Francisco, I think, has – Looked somewhat limited at times offensively with Purdy at quarterback the first quarter against Seattle. I would say the game for the most part against Dallas. I, that I think would worry you here if you're a 49ers backer. Well, again, the one thing, even though he's str- even though he's had his moments of struggle, John, he still hasn't had the back-breaking turnover yet. Yep. That hasn't happened yet. And look, if Purdy can avoid that. Then there's no reason to think San Francisco can't stay in this game the whole way. Obviously, you're in a great teaser position now with the Niners. If you like mm-hmm. Cincinnati on a teaser up to 7.5, Niners up to 8.5. Don't mind that at all. We did see three for a very short period of time yesterday at the South Point, like you said, back to 2.5 now. My biggest thing, though, with the Niners, more so than Purdy, is that offensive line couldn't block Dallas. And look, Dallas has an elite pass rusher, maybe the best in all football in Parsons. Demarcus Lawrence looked like his old self again on Sunday last week. But now you're going up against Philly, who there isn't one guy that destroys you. They have four guys who had double-digit sacks this year. They had 70 sacks as a unit, which is the third most in the history of the league. So I would be a little bit concerned about San Francisco's offensive line holding up in this game more than anything, John, because if they struggled against Dallas, who is a, obviously is a great pass rush, I'm not just sure they, handle, they hold up well against Philadelphia, who, who, again, under the radar, despite the historic season with 70 sacks, they were better than anyone rushing, rushing the passer this year. Yeah, and that's – did you have a read on the total? Because I think, too, when we look at these, like under. these are pretty good offenses – but this looks like a grinded-out type of game. This is like the yep. best test that I think both offenses have faced up to this point defensively. I mean, overall, the schedules for both teams have been pretty soft. This looks like it could be very similar, I think, to that for that 49ers-Cowboys game that we saw last weekend. Under, 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 John. I already bet the under 46-and-a-half. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's a – I think you're right. I think this is grinded-out, ugly-looking game. Uh, look, even 24-20 gets you home mm-hmm. on the under here. 20-24-21 gets you home. So you get a lot of common scores that you could still get home on. So, But this feels like you grind it out. Philadelphia's defense has been here all year long, and they're not as good as Dallas's defense. They're not as good as San Francisco's defense. Wouldn't be shocked if they have a huge effort tomorrow afternoon in Philly. So, yeah, I already bet the under 46-and-a-half. I think, if anything, this will come down to 46 by game time. You a prop guy? You got any props here? I have Either nothing. Game. I have nothing. Uh, nothing in this one. Uh, I circle will put it up, and I don't know if it's up yet. 
but they do the scoreless quarter prop. This might not be a bad one to do it uh, since it'll be, you'll get over $2 for it. It's just a matter of how high into the $2 range you get on the yes, there will be a scoreless quarter in the game. Okay. I like it. I like it. I, uh, I had not, I've not really bet a ton of like exotic ones uh, so far to this point. Some of the player props were interesting. I know it's worth pointing out for anybody who's watching uh, up on VEASAN.com. Our own Stephanie Kamerschek has a, a piece up on these first touchdown scorers that has done pretty well here in the postseason. So make sure you check that out. VEASAN, I hear it's uh, Jeff near perfect from what I, uh, from what I understand. She didn't have the uh, $5 parlay that got home last week, right, John? What, no, what now? What is this? The first touchdown $5 parlay that was all over gambling Twitter this week. I missed this. What is it? That, that someone had all, all four of them last week. Really? Uh, five into 70K. Wow. Good for them. Yeah, exactly my response. <laughs> yeah. Good for them. I mean, I say allegedly, but it's totally a real ticket. Uh, all right. So you see the uh, prop watch for touchdown scores here in this first game. Uh, first touchdown, Christian McCaffrey, the favorite there, plus 700. Jalen Hurts at plus 750. I will say the other thing that's really interesting, one of the things that Matt Brown and I had discussed a couple of weeks back were these, like, Super Bowl MVPs, right, and the way you could bet them, like, the second the postseason started. Um, I figured that a team like San Francisco, right, you'd want to go – I think out of all – do you think I'm safe in saying, Jeff, that out of all of the teams, the one that you don't want to go quarterback with, right, in terms of Super Bowl MVP, it'd be San Francisco because of all the skill Correct. position guys they have. So you got guys like Brandon Ayuk to win it at like 130 to one at the beginning of this. He's still like up there in terms of odds. But I will say, I think he's mispriced. The fact that a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo still has greater odds to win Super Bowl MVP uh, than a than a dude like Brandon Ayuk, who has been the number one target before Debo Samuel came back, is ridiculous. But these 49ers are going to be really interesting to track as we get closer to the Super Bowl because that's where you're going to get the biggest hits, I think, if the 49ers do win this whole thing. Yeah, I mean, look at the board. The Niner, uh, the Niner logo is the most predominant one, yep. even though they are the long shot at some books to win the Super Bowl because you're, you couldn't go any which way. Again, it could be a game where Purdy only throws 20 passes. McCaffrey is 155 yards, 160 yards uh, all-purpose, and all of a sudden McCaffrey is winning the MVP 15-1. to 1. I don't think that's horrible on McCaffrey because that's going to be way shorter if they win the game tomorrow for the Super Bowl markets once we get there. Uh, Kittle, 60-1. to 1. Don't mind that either. You're What you said with Ayuk, over 100-1 to 1 is kind of crazy for a guy who could very easily be the number one targeted guy in the Super Bowl. There are plenty of ways to play it other than Purdy on San Fran, and I definitely wouldn't play Purdy plus 650, even though it will be shorter when the Super Bowl comes around. I don't think he wins the award. I don't think if San Francisco wins the Super Bowl, it's not because Brock Purdy has an awesome game. It's because everyone around him had an awesome game. Upset alert. Charleston down 70-66. to 66. We got less than 10 minutes left to go. And that matchup against Hofstra, Florida State had stormed back, made it interesting a little bit here. Now they're down by 8, 28-20. 6.50 left to go in the first in that matchup with Clemson in a one-point game between Arkansas and Baylor. Razorbacks, a 49-48 lead there, 9.30 left to go. We go around the scoreboard and more when we return here on Live Bet Saturday to wrap it up. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Even a wager that misses can still be a slam dunk with BetMGM, an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Place a NBA one game parlay wager with four legs or more, and if you miss one leg, you'll receive up to $25 back. Just opt into this promotion on BetMGM's app or website. With one game parlay, you can make selections within a single NBA game, including team and player props. So go ahead, take your favorite NBA star to, I don't know, go under his point total prop. How about the home team to fail to cover? How about that? A road underdog getting it in there or the under for the game. Opt into the promotion and then place an NBA one-game parlay wager of four legs or more. You'll get up to 25 bucks back if you miss one leg. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 years of age or older to wager. All promotions are subject to qualification or eligibility requirements. Rewards issued. It's not with trouble. Free bets for site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gamble problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. We're back. Live Bet Saturdays here. Jeff Parles alongside, but far away, over there at the, uh, the Mandalay Bay. Um, I purposely, you know, it's funny, I purposely changed the, to, keep, to take people behind the scenes. I changed the copy there because it's all like, hey, bet your favorite player to go over the total or, you know, take the home team or go over. Um, I know it sounds a lot more boring when you're talking about betting unders, so I get why you want to say that. But sometimes you can bet under, and sometimes, Jeff, you can bet under and, I don't know, not complain when a player gets injured in the first five minutes up on Twitter. How about that? Oh, I, I, I'm not getting into this mess, John. <laughs> just going to throw it out there. Just going to throw it out there. I'm not getting into this mess. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, they, us millennials, because you're a millennial. How old are you? You're a millennial, aren't you? I'm 29. Okay, yeah, yeah so you're a millennial, I think. I don't know how that works. But, you know, we get a bad rap for those kind of things. All you complainers out there, you, you kids. Come on, let's go. All right. Uh, I will give you the floor here, Jeff. The last, the last um, few windows here of games that have set to tip off later today in college basketball. I won't even go one that you have money on. It probably is going to be one. The game that you are most interested in watching later tonight would be what in college hoops? Oh, it's actually coming up in 13 minutes, and that's Texas and Tennessee because yeah. I want to see – I want to see if this Texas team is as good as I think they are talent-wise. And, and look, uh, this is a really good test for them uh, going against a Tennessee team. And, again, the number, the market has backed the Longhorns all day long. This was eight on the overnights, now five-and-a-half for Tennessee. Uh, I still think Texas is reasonable at plus five-and-a-half. Uh, but I want to see how Texas – does this talent travel? Do they hold up on the road against a really good team on a conference? And for Tennessee, can they make perimeter shots? When Tennessee's been at their best, you mentioned it earlier, it's when they're making their threes. That's why they blew Kansas out, because Tennessee was making their shots and Kansas wasn't. Uh, that's why they lost to Kentucky, because they couldn't make an outside shot in that game. So that's the one I'm most intrigued, intrigued by. Two shades of orange. Rick Barnes against his former team. Uh, this should be a really fun one. Uh, and Thompson Bowling starting in about 10, uh, probably about 20 minutes, actually, with the way yeah. uh, how long this Arkansas-Baylor game is going in Waco before it. You know, it's a really good point that you mentioned. Not all, like, the data and the handicapping and whatnot. Uh, it's the uniform matchup here is going to be pretty rough. Yes, critical. Criti- <laughs> criti- critical to the handicap, John. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> the color scheme is going to be kind of ugly to watch for the most part. Uh, can I take you to – we haven't actually hit on this game, but it is – I think it's tipping off at the same time or right about there um, – and I think it's a really fascinating game. This SEC Big 12 Challenge has been awesome. We haven't hit on this yet, though. Mm-hmm. Kansas State and Florida. Uh, let's go here because this is going to be really interesting. Todd Golden, despite, like, the record not being overly sexy for Florida, what are they now, 12-8? and eight? Um, They're fighters, man. They're a really solid squad that have been in a lot of these one-score games. They come into this matchup with five straight covers. Um, 
I like this Florida team, man, and they're starting to gain some momentum, right? They've won five out of six games as well. The only loss mixed in there was a two-point loss to Texas A&M on the road. I'm really fascinated to see what this looks like against Kansas State, right? We're at four and a half now, total of 138. But this has been a Florida team that's been a little undervalued by the betting market for the most part, uh, especially recently. And I, I feel like Todd Golden's squad here, uh, Jeff, has you know a little bit more fight in them than the market's given them some credit for. And look, Kansas State, they have been incredible. Uh, they have covered, I think, what is it, like seven out of eight games. They've been undervalued in their own right. But a matchup of these, these two red-hot teams kind of meeting up with one another I think is like a low-key, sexy matchup that is not getting enough pub here. Yeah, look, it's a, it's a, there are a lot of reasons to gravitate towards this game. K-State's one of the most fun teams in the country. Yep. Uh, Keontae Johnson going against his former team, of course, uh, collapsing on the court and making the, the amazing comeback to what he is now at K-State. Uh, Noel, who's turned into Se Se Stephen Curry in conference play in the Big 12. Uh, Florida is, you know what? I don't know how good Florida really is, John, but mm -hmm. they are a pain to play against. They're not the most fun watch. It's very, it's very different than what Golden was at San Francisco, where his offenses usually matched up with his defenses. His defense is awesome. They're top 15. They're 12th in Ken Palm defensive efficiency. They're 119th in offense. They're not pretty offensively, even though they play a faster pace. But I, I am gravitating towards K-State here. I think you are right, Florida, a little bit undervalued. Really a, a nice win, a two straight wins, a nice cover in A&M uh, last week as well. But I think this is a good spot for K-State coming off a loss against Iowa State where they were competitive. They covered that game. Uh, but, look, they just find ways at homes to get it done. The only concern I would have with K-State here, John, the next three games for Kansas yep. State to look ahead for. They go to the Fog on Tuesday. Of course, the rematch of that epic overtime game that K-State beat Kansas in a few weeks ago. Then they play back-to-back -back home games against Texas and TCU. There is a worry of a look-ahead here against Florida, who, even though they're good, they aren't as good as those three teams. And it's your biggest rival on the board on Tuesday. So that is the only hesitation here with Kansas State. Yeah, and it, well, and it might not even be the level of opponent, right? It's just the fact that they're conference opponents. Those games matter to you more now yeah. at this point of the season in terms of like this potentially being a look-ahead spot. And, and the other part that I think really interests me about Florida, too, that I wanted to mention, because you've talked about like, their offense, right? Uh, not so much like the, uh, the type of offense we were used to seeing, like Todd Golden squads uh, back in San Francisco were some really efficient groups and peaking. I think they were like 44th in the country last year the Dons that are golden, um, they're starting to ratchet up their rate of three-point attempts, Florida is. On the season, 36.5% of their attempts have come from beyond the arc, but in conference play, that's up to 42.7%. That's a calling card of Golden's offenses for the most part. So you're starting to see them kind of break into that system. Or the problem is they don't really have the shooters because they're shooting 29.7% in conference yeah. play recently. So they're playing their style. It's just that the shooters aren't really there. So as he gets his guys more in the building, I think we'll see an improvement. But it's interesting to see that kind of shift here for Florida as they're shooting the ball way more uh, than they were in non-conference play. Um, yeah, I think those are those are two pretty good matchups. I mean, we pretty much hit on anything. I think I should say that as we look deeper into the card later today, too, uh, from a college basketball standpoint, there is a couple of matchups that are worth noting. And you stop me if you got something on them. Syracuse right now, this game's going to get tipped off in just over an hour. Syracuse is a six-and-a-half-point underdog on the road against a Virginia Tech. That total at 141. Virginia Tech's been a pretty solid home team this year up to this point. I think that nine wins so far at home. So there's that matchup we haven't hit on a lot. And uh, Ole Miss-Oklahoma State, part of the uh, SEC Big 12 Challenge as well. Not the sexiest matchup because these two teams are hovering around 500. But Oklahoma State, much like many of these other teams, been really good at home. Eight and two straight up at home for Oklahoma State against an Ole Miss squad that has really struggled in some true road spots. And uh, last but not least would be Colorado on the road against Oregon State. I wanted to bring this up mainly because I have not been overly impressed with Colorado, but the market's pretty low in Oregon State here, Jeff. Seven and a half, the spread in favor of the Buffaloes with a total of 129. Ugly game. Yeah. <laughs> Ugly game. Colorado's been one of the bigger disappointments. I thought they were tournament quality. They have not been. Yep. Uh, they are, they have, they're going to have to win here in Vegas, the Pac-12 tournament, in order to make the NCAA tournament this year. Uh, Oregon State is bad, but I don't think they're quite as bad as they have been in, in recent years, other than that very random Elite Eight two years ago where right. they got there as a 12 seed after winning the Pac-12 tournament. But, I, yeah, I, I have no feel for this one. I, I don't think uh, 
Uh, it's kind of amazing that Wayne Tinkle still has his job. He's living off that Elite Eight from two years ago still. Yeah, when, and the reason why I wanted to bring this up too was, like, the, the market seems to be still kind of, like, respecting to a certain extent this Colorado team despite, the, like, diminishing returns. Like, Ken Palm still has them 56th in the country, right? They're laying this number on the road against Oregon State uh, for a season right now. They're at 9-13 and 13 against the spread, which would give you an idea that they haven't really been priced properly. They had failed to cover four consecutive games before going to Oregon and staying within six and a half points as Colorado State team had. So, you know, I always look for kind of these indicators that the market is a little high on these, uh, on these teams. Colorado has been that because you mentioned they've been disappointing. It does seem like there's like a contingent out there that has hung on to like the wisps of what Colorado was supposed to be. Yeah, no, it's a little strange, but there are better opportunities than taking advantage of it with the Beavers here, yeah. John. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I want to sweat out Oregon State later today. Who knows? Maybe. Uh, all right. It's a nice late night thing to do, That's right. Yeah. Come on. I'll be drinking anyway. <laughs> all right. Uh, some updates. We still have this uh, tie at the top. Homa and Ryder both at 12 strokes and a par. Uh, a three-stroke. No, excuse me, four-stroke. I'm blind. That's an eight for Matsuyama and Bradley and M. So three horses there at eight under par here. And uh, is is your guy, is Day still top ten? We good here? All right. Ben Wilson sweating out. He's been sweating this out. So we'll see. Jeff, this is a good three hours, buddy. Thanks for the help. Of course, John. Uh, always fun to do a show with you, buddy. You got it, man. All right, we'll take uh, take our leave now. Ben Wilson coming up next. I'm sorry. I don't know what the show is called. This isn't my usual. Pro Football Blitz? How about that? Make sure you stick around for that. I'm a From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.